Hey folks, welcome to Studio 54, aka Episode 54 for the only, one and only Dust514 podcast, slash Eve podcast, slash comic book movie news podcast, slash all things making fun of Sriazel and his ferrets podcast. Uh, and we'd like to welcome you to, uh, like I said, Episode 54 uh, here in the mighty uh, palatial studios of the uh, Biomass Broadcasting Empire. Uh, and uh, it is also an, a fairly interesting week since it's going to be the two-year live anniversary of Dust514. Uh, so that's a pretty nice little event, and it was earmarked by CCP with a quick blog and some Omega boosters uh, in everybody's inbox. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start out uh, with a couple intros, then we're going to kind of get into our show topics. Tonight, we've, it's a little bit more technical in our discussions tonight. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the some of the slot progression uh, kind of threads that are going on, the power core concept, things like that. And one of the things I was going to touch on, and uh, Pokey and I had a riff on earlier, like like an actual good riff, like a jazz riff, not a, not a rift as in, a, as in an argument, uh, was a little bit about the price points that we're seeing for the skins, which was a little bit, a little bit irksome. Uh, maybe we can sort through some of that as well. Uh, and also, I think we've got some ubiquitous news about the mighty Eve Legion that I'm sure Sorizel is licking his chops to share share with us. Um, on that note, let's go ahead and get our intros out of the way. So let's shake it up a little bit and start right in the middle of the pile and go in with Sorizel. <laughs> Funny. Um, Sorizel, uh, CPM1 uh, co-host here on the show, uh, uh, occasional uh, spammer of our, our blog feed and, and uh, um absolutely unable to put myself not the first in introductions no matter how hard i try yes it's there's only so many options <laughs> okay pokey i guess i guess trying to to set this bar on a day with with a total of four people in the channel is not the ideal choice but hey you're gonna need more cover <laughs> you, you weren't gonna win that one but uh, yeah, I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, uh, co-host here on the Biomass podcast, and a writer and editor for the blog. Outstanding. And Bate? Hey, I'm uh, Iowa Bate, director at Demonic Cowboys, uh, and writer on the Biomass blog. Yep. And I am Jason Larison, a member of OSG Planetary Operations on the dust side and Agony Unleashed on the youth side. And I am a random media contributor to the Biomass podcasting empire. Uh, and I have not yet actually inputted words to text on the blog yet, although it is a, a, I was going to say surprisingly good, but I have faith in my bros. It's actually a, a, a pretty good uh, little little piece of entrepreneurship uh, from uh, Pokey and Bait and uh, Zell as well. It's really good work, really professional website. I highly recommend you check out biomass.net or biomass.com. I think either one gets you there. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive right in, uh, since we've got an action packed show and all I can, all I can hear right now is the echoes of Zate's of Zell screaming into the mic that his ferret had been acting up. I don't really know what that means, but there's something interesting going on tonight. So we're going to leave it off with your CPM update with Sarai Zell. What do you think, brother? What's going on in the world of CPM? Um, it's, it's been, uh, pretty quiet. I don't think we've really done much, um, this last week, except, uh, I know people have been discussing the the whole power core thing in the background too. Um, I mean, we're st- we're still trying to get uh, hopefully some some uh, public public word on on a CPM two. It's uh, 
you know, some point in the very near future, I would like to hope, but you know, we'll see. So if you if you were to say, as an educated observer, what do you think the odds are we we are going to have a CPM two? I still continue to hold that it's an a assumption, but you know, until it's announced, it's not a it's it's not a thing. Um, <laughs> or or in the cases of in the case of uh, you know something, sometimes it's announced and it's still not a thing. But um, yeah, no, I I it's I think it's just a matter of time uh, till we'll, we'll have official word of something. Um, you know, we already, you know, have discussions going of who's going to run and who's not, um, and, uh, you know, who should win and who shouldn't, and, and who should be, like, banned from even being able to run, and et cetera. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the uh, shots going back and forth on that one, which I find mildly entertaining. Absolutely banned. My gosh. Oh, goodness. This... This is going to be interesting here if they actually, in fact, announce that there is a CPM2. This will be this will be high adventure. Okay. Um, it's always it's always fun when politics happens, man. No, not really. <laughs> it's uh, well, I take the, I, I, it's one of those interesting things for me because I I get a kick out of it, not because I'm really into the political angle of it necessarily. I've kind of the drama uh, is entertaining. That's well, that's the thing. It's, I, it's... I think I can't even call it drama, but I will have to admit there's there's I, I from from my point, uh, you know. Let me kind of get my you know Clint Eastwood get off my lawn speech going. It's it's how serious some people take a game that is on PS3 that nobody honestly can tell you is going to be around by this by Christmas. Like people are going to get very animated about it, and they're gonna, you know, type furiously, and they're gonna they're gonna make comments all over the. I would like to think media. it still Hilarious. has to be here by Christmas because I I think that you can't sell sell product to to people um, without a, a significant amount of time of advance notice. So I, I would like to be able to. I would like to think that we're good through Christmas, but you know because I just. You'd have to have, you know, a lot of notice of something like that. But no, not really. I think there's a lot of games out there that have that have uh, their fortunes have turned on a dime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is CCP marketing we're talking about. CCP marketing. You you really think that they would give people common courtesy? That's a good point. Okay. okay. No, yeah. Well, no, no, that I'll let said, you win that one and just like walk that, off. That, that being said, I, I, I'm, I'm not throwing the doom and gloom hammer out. All I'm saying is that it's people are going to get very, very um, emotionally involved in this in a way that I find somewhat, somewhat humorous. Because at the end of the day, it, you know, it's a game, <laughs> and um, it, it's the best but, game. It is the best game for some at the moment that they are playing and they have nothing better to do. That was quite some dancing there. I work on that. I do it for a living. Okay. So <laughs> with that, uh, I take it that there's literally no other like, uh, CPM. CPM no, I've, got, work, I've, got, right? I've got no nuggets for you. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. That, that's fine. And, and one thing that is interesting that we probably want to revisit maybe in a future show is... Um, Kind of, uh, it it feels like the role of the CPM has definitely evolved over the last um, several months. 
than I think where people thought it was prior, uh, particularly based on Rotati's own, own comments, even on this show. Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting to see how this is all working out because he is quite adroit at dipping very deep into the community for targeted feedback right now. He's I think he's definitely, if not skill level five, he's definitely got a four and he's got a lot of SP racked up for the fifth level uh, on how to do that. So that was traditionally the almost the sole purview of uh, the CPM, and that's definitely changed a lot that's you know based on Rotati's personality. So Yeah, I mean, I think we probably, and we should probably have more than just me. Oh, look, look, I see another another guest. Um, but uh, I think we probably could make uh, a whole episode of kind of a, a you know, discussion about uh, how CPM1 uh, went as a term and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, we should plan that. Well, I, I was I, actually that is on my my queue of things to, to, yeah. to lay up. It's it was, but it was sort of, in, in a way, it's hinged on you know, no joke intended. But uh, once they announced that there was going to be a CPM two, I thought that would be a good, okay, let's talk about how CPM one went as a good segue into uh, what would then what we what would we, what do we want to look look for for the CPM two candidates that kind of thing so it's it is a, it's a, an interesting topic like I said I, and I'm not poking fun at anybody that's interested in the CPM it's it, it honestly is one of those things that is probably a can be a very frustrating but also a very rewarding sort of you know web community sort of activity and I, and I'm 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 all about it I think it's it's I think it's pretty interesting it is in all fairness though high comedy uh, on some occasions based on on how on how serious some people take themselves during the, the process and you're right we do have another guest hey iron wolf do you mind giving us a uh, quick intro hello i'm iron wolf saber cpm member one and i'm here to annoy the crap out of everybody no no you've already been beaten to the punch we got this guy named zell he's got kind of a bowl cut he's over there to your left um but we do appreciate you being on, brother. It's it's actually been a little while since I think we've had you on the show, right? Yeah, I had to reinstall a couple other problems with my PC. Okay, yeah, no problem. So we just kind of went through a, a, a fairly uh, concise CPM update from Soraya, and I was wondering if you had anything you wanted to add. Were, were they hurting him say anything or not as irrelevant? Just, we just want to hear you talk, Wolfie. Well, other than um, I have very, uh, very good confidence in the future of the CPM uh, regarding... Uh, the stuff we had over the last few uh, weeks going on, and I hope to see um, us going forward. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so let's kind of dive into our first technical topic for the night. Um, now I'm going. I'm going to admit that I am somewhat out of my depth. I've only been able to do about an hour's worth of show prep on a couple of these, but I've got a couple guys in the room. One by the name of Pokey Draven, the other one by the name of Bait, who are a quite technically competent and B read the shit out of the forums and they're only surpassed in their reading the shit out of the forums by this guy named Iron Wolf Saber. So this could work out pretty well. Uh, what I'd like to talk about a little bit is uh, the slot progression slash power core discussion uh, in terms of, uh, I think this was an idea. I think some are attributing it to uh, Aero Yasavi bringing it out. I, I don't, I've heard some conflicting discussions if maybe he was, he, he was regurgitating another idea that had been a little bit older. I think it's, it's probably a combination of both. Uh, but effectively, there was, there's been a, a growing discussion, and we even talked a little bit about this on, about it on this show, of a 
pseudo tier side model where basically all frame suits of a given race and a given weight class get the same slot weapon equipment layout based on whatever the role is. So, you know, all the assault suits, you know, for example, across uh, within the race, all the medium frames get the same high-low. Now, the assaults and the lodges still have their their differentiating marks with uh, weapon slots and equipment slots. But the true defining factor of what the quote-unquote tier of the suit would be is really just CPU and PG. So it's kind of like the Apex suit model, if you will. Uh, so there was a little bit of that discussion going on. Well, actually, a lot of that discussion going on. Uh, and we, we had a pretty good kickoff on that with Rattati on our show when he, uh, when he kind of came on for our one-year anniversary. And then that was augmented by some discussion about a, a skin-like module uh, called the Power Core. And effectively what that would do, if you take some of the posts at face value, it would dramatically lower the number of unique suits that the game has to mess with, thereby, thereby freeing up perhaps quite a bit of, you know, digital ether memory go juice or whatever that might make your frame rate better or some kind of jazz like that. Now, uh, Rattati saw the idea. He he reacted very very positive positively to it, uh, and it appears that that discussion is gaining some steam now. That's about the extent of my knowledge of it. Now, my initial take when I read it was, sounds cool, uh, or at least I don't see glaring errors necessarily in it, uh, because once you invented the Apex suit, it kind of made standard suits not that attractive anymore, other than the fact that you could modify the slot layouts to whatever you wish. But now that you can modify Apex suits, that's that's officially, you know, uh, you know, the tent flap is open for, you know, some form of tier side at that point. So with that, I want to go ahead and kind of turn it over to kind of our, our more form savvy guys and some of our more technical guys in terms of Pokey, Baitons, and uh, Iron Wolf. And if you guys can kind of run through what your thoughts on the, on the topic are, and please, if, if I've left any gaping holes, please, please plug them up. So I'm going to turn this over. Uh, Pokey, if you don't mind leading us off, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Uh, I mean, before I've I've obviously spoken many times that I am a big fan of the normalizing slot layouts between uh, tiers. I find that the difference between a standard suit and a proto suit, you basically have two things going on. That you have uh, more slots in a proto suit, and then you have more resources, which translates to better modules. So at this point, you have better modules and you have more of them, and that causes huge differences between the power level of a, a standard suit versus a proto suit. And I think that this is a, a big problem. I think that it's it's a, a lot the cause of a lot of frustration for new players and veterans alike who like to you know run cheaper suits and not. Uh, you know, proto stomp and whatnot. So I think that, in terms of my personal opinion, the move to uh, normalized slot layout between tiers is a great idea. I think it's going to promote a lot of uh, flexibility in the lower tier suits because currently there's a lot of things you can't do simply due to lack of of slots. You can't really do any cool utility stuff because you're just putting out as much HP as you can, which is boring. And I think that this will mix things up quite a bit, and I think it'll be a lot better in making new players as well as veterans a little more viable to use cheaper tiered stuff and perhaps lessen that that proto-stomping effect that we currently have. Now, I think that's a pretty good take on it. Bait, Iron Wolf, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this has been a really long fought um, thing by the entire community. Is just that it 
we fought with the original development team. We fought with um, Rattati a little bit because he didn't see the exact value in it. And the first first part of that cookie to crumble would have been like as you stated out the Apex suits, then the introduction of the HAVs in the similar format of having the same slots between all three tiers, with uh, CPU and PG being the only definers. And we've argued, I mean, it's been gone back and forth on the various points of why we should tier aside, and it's always been on the case that it's mostly to help the newer player. And the power core idea is probably the fuel on the fire. We've been building up the tender for the last three years just about because of this, and now it's not the whole thing is on fire. Yeah, I think the power core is, is, it has a lot of advantages to it, and it's actually a very elegant and simplistic idea. And to be clear, um, it was actually Avalo Cantor that initially proposed the power core idea and then Arrow uh, kind of expanded upon it and put it in his own thread, which then exploded into a, a massive discussion, which Rattati jumped on right away. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and, and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it in terms of um, accessibility to the game now one of the interesting things about it now so the way i assume it's going to work and the way it's sort of described is the power core would fit in a module slot very similar to how a skin does and then you would get you know standard advanced or proto level roughly cpu pg tiers and, and i assume that the power cores can I'm, it'll be interesting to see how this works because in theory if i bought a caldari power core it would give you more CPU than PG, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it makes me wonder if they're going to have to racially lock them or if you, because I can go to any L, like for example, I can go to any LP store right now and buy a specialist rifle variant, you know, proto-rifle variant from uh, from any LP store. If, if it is a module, and I may be oversimplifying it, what if I wanted to buy a Galente module that gave me a lot of PG and not a lot of CPU? In theory, I could, I could put that on a on a Caldari suit, and then I would get more PG and less CPU. Is that is that accurate, or or is it, or am I kind of uh, missing the mark on that? I imagine they would have to racially lock it unless they wanted to really open up a can of worms of providing kind of a, a deeper level of customization, which could in most likely end up with really bad balance problems. So I think that they'd have to racially lock it. Yeah, I, I could I could kind of see that. I'm sorry, Bate, go ahead. Well, the, the only thing that you guys are talking, and I quite like the idea, um, but if, if they lock the, if they standardize the number of slots across all tiers, and they implement these these modules, you then have to look at how much PG and CPU do you get per, per tier of module, and that's the only thing that I could see being a problem as far as balance um, is, you know, standard suits having either too little PG and CPU or too much, um, uh, at, you know, for each each tier. And that, that is going to be an expected um, pro- possible casualty during this whole shakeup of shifting the, par- um, the view of uh, how all this is going to work. Because we will have to reissue out the um, resources available to um, standard and advanced at least, and if there may be even a chance for a slot slot reroll on some of these suits too. So there's always um, 
going to be that in consideration. CPC Rotati has come up with a rather um, elegant system on from his point of view when it comes to um, designing a suit with slots in it, which will be based on... Um, it's basically the slot assignment and the fitting requirements based on the average item um, fittings for that um, various type of slot. And it so far has worked out after you, we finally tune it. So it it's, gets us in a ballpark. It's the Apex like, model, right? Uh, the Apex model, and um, I believe the new HEVs um, definitely went, went, went that route as well. Yeah, I think that's good for getting it close, and then you can always fine-tune to, to make certain fits work. It, it did work for the most part, for HAVs, there's still some inconsistencies that need to be fixed. But overall, I think his method is is pretty solid for getting close to the mark. It's better than throwing darts at a board. Yes, it is. Rational method is always the best method. Well, I, I think in a in an interesting way, uh, there's two ways that they, I think they could go down the road. Is more as a true module style uh, activity. Now, then they would, if they did that, they would really need to look at the whole. I think your Suit purchases definitely your you know the old CCPZ your your suit is your Iron Man suit, and the suit should be effectively a BPO, um, and it costs nothing. Like you buy whatever like you get whatever ones you can you get when you start the game, or maybe you you can earn them through loyalty or whatever. But that would actually give more meaning to I think the skins or the BPOs because it's I'm still the way this all starts to get muddy for me is. How do you square the difference between a skin, a BPO, and a power core at some point? Because they are all interconnected in this little Venn diagram of, of value. Like how much are these things worth? And how, you know, tuning them technically, I think, to make them playable in the game is probably the easiest part in, in, in all, all fairness. Because I think the model I use with the Apex suit and the HAVs worked very well. I mean, the reality is we know how much CPU and PG that the three tiers of suits get now. And that's, I mean, that's probably roughly what the power cores would give you. Um, but it's, it, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how does this then work with the combination of skins and BPOs and this, the normal drop suit? Well, if it were up to me, as soon as you train to skill to level one, you get a free suit with a militia power core built, pre-built into it free in the mail. <laughs> if that were up to me. That's not, it's not a bad way to look at it. Skins will, be, will continue to remain purely cosmetic, and the course to this, it will have its default skin to go with it. And the power core, uh, anything above Militia, you will have to then buy out like any other standard module. Yeah, and existing BPO suits would just be converted into a standard uh, BPO power core for that suit type. So if you have a Kaldari Assault BPO, you would just get a Kaldari Assault you know, uh, standard power core, and that's what you would stick in your BPO frame, I guess you could call it, and that would effectively give you the same result as having a free suit with a free power core in it, and, you know, it's you go from there. There, There is going to be a, quite a bit of turmoil with the skins overall, because we do have rather a large number of skins and BPO suits out there with, uh, with these unique color patterns on them, and it's going to drive down the price once the market fully opens up to include these BPOs as well. There's going to be a lot of people with a lot of spare suits. Yeah, that was something that I, I've been trying to figure out is, um, like I said, skins versus BPOs. But And I thought that, the, in theory, the power core option truly gets you... Like, 
I like I, I kind of like your idea, Wolf. At the end of the day, like I'm sitting here thinking through this, and, and your idea of you you get like a BPO, a standard fit, a, a BPO that you for that class, uh, if you will, uh, that racial class. You know, once you train skill level one, and then the power cores that you put on, it, and you and probably associating some skill skill requirements to each power core is probably not a bad idea either. Uh, and it could be an, a variety of different things. Like you, you might need to have threes and fours and multiple different things to get up to proto, you know, uh, proto power cores, for example. That might not be a bad way of coaching players through um, skill tree navigation either. Well, if I wanted to go, if I wanted to go a step further, the BPO suit that you're given that training skill level one would have a prefit on it. Well, not the not exact exactly optimal, but at least something useful, and it plays to the strength of the suit. Wouldn't that just be an apex suit then, though? It would be an apex suit. Yes. Well, then people aren't going to buy them if they get them for free. <laughs> oh, they'll buy the skin. Yeah, but that's different. Yeah, I'm not sure if I if I'd be down for that with the prefit. Uh... Prefix well, it. I think it's going to devalue the Apex. The, like, the one, one thing that would make me legitimately a bit PO'd uh, out of this whole process is I look at the Apex suits that I bought with LP or with cash money, aka ARM, and then suddenly everybody's got like 10 of them. And then all I really bought was a skin and, and a pre lock suit. That is something we're going to consider case by case as we go down the list of things to convert over to the new system. Apex suits, I would, if I had to say so, I would strongly argue for a refund um, if they were bought with a arm. You know, well, there's there's a couple ways they could do it. Um, they they could definitely do that, which they have in a way done in the past. It's, you know, so fair point there. Or they could make the apex suits. Um, they could actually make them more attractive to own frankly like the, you could you could make them more you know like give them like a, a bump to whatever power core you put on there like a, a five percent bump or something like that for resources lp game bonus maybe i mean there yeah there's there's different things you could do i'm, I'm not a i'm less of a fan of removing them from the game for and then potentially aggravating the shit out of people if there's a way to find a creative uh, way to make them attractive and worth the value, I think that's legit. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, there's probably 15 different ways you could do it. I don't, but they all have probably different pros and cons. But that is something that they are going to have to sort out. And, and in and amongst all of this, actually, is is one of the things I did kind of want to throw in the mix. And we can we can we can hit it now, and really, I think you know, maybe tease it out a little bit later. But um, what is the price point for all of this? Like, how do we? How, is, how does all this work with Orem, ISK, and LP? There may be a couple of casualties involved. If they, I mean, there's there's been things being played around internally with uh, with um, talks and all, and it then this may be a first opportunity to actually um, make a move on what's been discussed. But overall, there's it, it, it's definitely going to be changing a lot of things if we do pursue this model entirely. And we're going to, have to analyze and think: Do we really want to do things like this? And it, it, everything was going to, have to be sat down and thought about. Hopefully, well, hopefully the true. skins will start taking up the brunt of the new um, uh, pro- 
items coming in and out. Who? Where I'm hoping that the cosmetic stuff, such as the skins, would um, continue to bear the brunt of the people paying for things. Oh, um, yeah. We may consider a couple other boosters, but may, who, who knows about what will happen to the gear. Alright, so help me out with the whole like LP skins costing as much as an Apex suit thing. That's one I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I will not be able to comment on that immediately because right now Rattati's still um basically what he's still doing right now is trying to populate his entire category of things he can um offer uh, to just five four players before he can start um considering um changing prices on them, so to say. Oh no, yeah, I, I figured you and Zell probably would have to clam up on this one, but I'll throw it out to Pokey and Bait though. Um, I, like I'll, I'll speak for me alone. Uh, at least just to kind of start it. I saw that and I was kind of had my, you know, WTF moment because that that's the part where I truly believe that they are missing the mark in terms of how they attack their monetization strategy. And, and right now for the record, CCP, if you're looking, uh, Pokey Draven, Jason Larison, AKA CCP Mo Money and CCP Straight Cash, uh, we're, we're for hire. So yes, we, yes. we could we we could help you with your monetization efforts. Um, I, I I think that the the generally the products the the value of the products for and again it's real cash money you're talking about for the most part not so much LP it is a little bit now but um, or it's getting more LP involved but the bottom line is the arm is. It, it, the value I just don't think is there for the price point. Now I'm sure that they're going to show that a lot of people's buying them, but it makes me wonder how many people aren't buying them that would or could, uh, if they were, or they would be buying significantly more of them if they were differently priced. And I would also offer that if you maintained a lower baseline price, you could like every week run a special on one specific, like you know, you have a rotation of let's say ten drop suit skins that you offer once every 10 weeks maybe and like it's the serpentis or, or whatever you know it, it could be you know the ratati you know doom of trolls fucking you know ako you know sentinel suit or whatever um but you only offer it like every so so often every so many weeks or months uh and then you jack the price up to that you know, somewhere around the 15 to $17 range, AKA the cost of a Plex in Eve, which is sort of quite literally the gold standard, you know, no pun intended with ARM. Uh, but that would be something I think that they should really look at pursuing because right now getting an LP skin or getting a skin versus a BPO, like an Apex suit, they incredibly overvalue or devalue one of the two involved. And depending on who you ask or what the next changes are that, you know, it's really hard to answer which suit is which in that equation. Well, as somebody who has not spent a dime uh, to buy Orm in the two years that I've played this game, I will say that if CCP did what you just said, Jason, I would, I would cough up some money. Um, to buy a, a skin on sale because right now the prices for the skins, from what I heard, I haven't logged on dust. My uh, PlayStation uh, power supply is broken. Um, but if they are as much as an Apex suit, I'm not get, I'm not going to get a uh, a skin. I'm not going to grind out all those hours and all that time for something that I'm only going to see in my quarters. Well, no, not in my quarters. 
in the in the uh, in the war barge pre-match for a minute. I'm not gonna do it. It's not worth my time. Not worth my effort. Yeah, and let me be clear. That's the LP version. It's it's basically it's the basically LP equivalent. Uh, I don't think they've quite gotten there yet with the uh, with the ARM versions. But it, but they're but by the way, they're not cheap though. That doesn't mean that they're easy to get either. Well, and here's the thing. I'll put my tinfoil hat on for a second. They could very well be planning on doing the the sale model like we talked about, but they're just going to release them at full price and not do it to see who they can get to pay full price for, and then they'll switch to the sale model to get everyone who didn't pay full price in the first place. I could totally see that happening, and it would probably work. I mean, I'm I'm not going to pay for it at full price, but if they give me a half off, you know, sale every so often, yeah, I'll jump on that, and they, they, they probably will work. Is the thing. Hey, Catmurk, uh, you mind giving us some quick intro? Hey, I'm Catmurk, a foreign warrior, and a meow. Meow. <laughs> well played. So, Cat, have you been uh, monitoring the discussion about the uh, skins, BPOs, and the power cores? Uh, what do you mean by monitoring? Whether I was listening right now, or...? Uh, yeah, here to the, here the show. I just wasn't sure where you hopped in at. Uh, I'm not sure just hopped in, so no idea what's going on. Uh, we we were we started the discussion about the slot progression leveling, then the power core idea, and then we kind of drifted into um, this the you know how do you square all that with BPOs and uh, and skins and so forth. It's it's kind of we're in this big sort of round robin discussion because they're they're all somewhat related in terms of how do you how do you get a drop suit to use, and then how much is it going to cost you to use it. Um, you know, at a baseline rate uh, is one of the things we were looking at. And then I, I mentioned that apparently the it looks like the LP the LP skins that they're that they're just now putting out are effectively the same price as the LP Apex suits, which is a bit crazy as far as I'm concerned. I would agree. I'm still grinding for my Apex suit since for the longest time factional warfare wasn't available in my time zone. But thanks to negative feedback, I jumpstarted in Kaldari Fact War. I can now finally get some LP. I hear you. I hear you. Now, I, I will have to admit, by the way, those the LP skins, that, uh, the picks I just saw, you know, I think earlier this morning, those things are pretty legit looking. Some you know, they're they're very sharp. I like them. And uh, to Bates' point, I would like to see them more than for like forty-five seconds for the amount of money that you got to cough up for one, or the amount of time that you're coughing up in terms of, L of you know, grinding for LP. Either one of those two is uh, the value I just don't think is there at the price points in either LP or ARM. Not at all. If I could put that shit on and, like, walk around in my quarters with it and dance, <laughs> yeah, I would grind out, like I said earlier. I would grind out the time and the frustration to, to get one. But otherwise, I'm just gonna I'm gonna continue to run my factional warfare, and buy my proto suits and my red tools, and I'm not even gonna bother with skins. Yeah, I th well, I think it goes back to what do you you know what else can Dust offer other than the lobby shooter? And the problem is you don't have a physical lobby, and if you had one, you could you could maybe justify getting a, a snazzy snazzy paint job on your suit. Maybe if it was in people could during the war barge. Uh, eh, that's uh, not a bad idea. Then <laughs> around with my corp mates. Yeah, I think, you know, believe it or not, I think um, the idea of having a corp war barge as the lobby you sit in uh, is pretty good. I just don't know that they can get to that technically right now. Probably not, sir. It will require 
uh, using up server power, which I don't think they want to do. Well, if we can find a way to load a warbarge state without using a battle server, it may be more possible. Like if we work some magic trickery with a 3D chat room in um, EVE Online systems instead. Magic. Yes, more well, magic. That's definitely what it would be. Well, they give item to another player is considered magic in this game. <laughs> that's true, it did take him two years to do that David Copperfield shit. I still don't understand why it was so difficult. For some odd reason, EU's database items don't like being magically transported. I guess it was the, I, for me, it was the I can send you money, but I can't send you stuff thing. That's what that's what always confused the shit out of me for the longest time. It it's database um stuff that I I don't even understand when, when it comes to Dogma and Catma. No, I and I totally I like I said there's some technicalities to to the discussion that I I, I probably don't even want to approach. Um, at least I, I'm certainly not the right guy to, to jump into it. Uh, it was pretty like I said I. I I'm very fascinated to see how they're what road they're going to try to take with all this. I really like the skins idea. I think it was a, a really really solid way to do it. Um, I like the idea of the power core, you know, in terms of basically providing, you know, a true, you know, whole cloth suit, and then you add power core, and then you add modules and skins, and and you basically have a customization base. There's a lot of a lot of room and flexibility in that to do some different stuff and some pretty in, pretty neat stuff down the road, you know, potentially. But you know, like I said, it all kind of goes back to all right. So what's our what is the goal that we're all drive? What is the goal we're driving to here? Is it to keep the game open for another six months, a year? Is it or is it to actually have something? You know, uh, that, that's kind of the question I'll always come back to on all this. Because trust me, none of these solutions that we're talking about is going to be done overnight by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and they, they are pretty interesting. There, there's some neat ways that you could look at this. I do wish that they would figure out the monetization. Uh, or and, and maybe Pookie's right. Maybe they have figured it out from their perspective. But I, I am, I am at least me personally not uh, not that interested in giving them money at the price points versus value that they're offering right now. I'd have to agree. I was pretty excited about skins, and then I realized they're ten dollars, and I was like, "Nope." Yeah, that's at least you know fifty percent more than what I would be willing to buy. You know, purchase these things on. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't even like it was a little bit more than I wanted to pay. It was like, "There's no way in hell I'm giving you ten bucks to to look at myself for a minute in the warp arch." You know, it, it's just it's not worth it. And like you said, the sad part is that if they pay, I, I'm not going to spend ten bucks on one skin. But if they were five dollars, I'd probably buy two skins, and they'd still get ten bucks out of me, and it's no additional cost to them. So I think that the high price model is just—it's hurting them in the end. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of ways that they could scale it. I mean, you could even go with, um, you know, sort of a, a graduating scale. And I've seen a lot of other games do this, where okay, so. Uh, let's say the skins are are five bucks, but you buy like a three pack and it costs you twelve bucks. You're you're gonna buy like there there'll be people that buy that all day long, literally. Um, you know, or, or if you you know when you buy in bulk or something like that, or if you get an if you get an orum pack or whatever, they throw a skin in there with it. There's a lot of different ways that they could use this tool. Now, now granted, and, and I I have to give them full full faith on this one. This is still relative, relatively new into the rollout. They're, they've not really 
shaken out what they can and will do with all this stuff either. Yeah, we have yet to convert our first skin, so it's it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, I, I mean, you know, Matati's got a pretty good track record. Um, you know, that that buys a certain mountain in my book to to see where he takes this. I mean, vehicle vehicles don't even have skin modules yet, so I'd like to see that happen too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why I'm not really throwing a shit fit over it. I mean, it'll be I'll wait until the chips settle, so to speak, or the dust settles rather, and see where everything ends up. But uh, yeah, certainly not pleased with it right now. But I I do hope that they reach a, a compromise that works for the players and for the company. Yeah, hey, actually, I did have a question for uh, Zell and Iron Wolf. Are they gonna in one of the next hot fixes or patches or whatever? Are they gonna figure out a way to show you the skins that you're trying to buy in game? Uh, we we've expressed our displeasure about uh, being a, unable to see skins, and I think the solution we're gonna try to go for is in-game pictures. I think it was because right now we don't got the support to actually uh, have a preview preview or ghost fit, so to say. But I, I mean, why didn't they just do it like the other suits though, where you could when you like click the little show show info button or whatever, it showed you a picture of the the skin because those are not the models of the skin mm. but you can do that with some of the other colored ones space magic yeah nah that's it just would hurt my head I mean I guess what you could do is you could have a BPC version of a suit fit with that skin that you could preview but that's going to get real confusing for people looking at the market alright so wait they do have uh, support for just putting pictures in the description. Oh, the Caldari Quaff's uh, assault suit is a suit by itself, for example, right? But if we were to make a Caldari Quaff um, skin, there is no suit to slap it on, so to say, when it comes to pre item preview. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, it would be nice if we had like a little hex hexagon model that had like the three shades on it. So that it oh this is what the skin looks like on a hexagon and gives you an idea of maybe oh this this is what it might look like on the suit but no no, no I I'm following you now that 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 makes sense but I think it'll be more beneficial if we can figure out how to do a ghost fitting instead but that's very technical well a fit a fitting tool period would be really really handy you know I mean hell that's something that the east side's been crushing for for years. But and like some getting, some kind getting of pretty close tool. now. Yeah, they are. I mean, like I've seen what they've previewed out there, but you know, having a fitting tool in Dust would be really, really useful. But there's there's high work there's high work solutions and there's low work solutions, and I think we're gonna go we're gonna go try to go for a low work solution solution for this one. Okay, no, and that that's fair. I mean, that's probably helping or probably hurting you guys quite a bit as well. Is that no one's going to buy a cosmetic that they can't see and expecting people to go to the website is just not going to happen. So, if a picture is what it takes to to kind of get them that, then that's fine. I mean, it's not <clears throat> excuse me, it's not perfect, but you know, it, it works. Yeah, the closest thing to advertising in game we got for the new skins would be other people wearing it. Yeah, I mean, I I was looking at them like, well, I as a new player would even touch these. I mean, how the hell am I supposed to know what I'm buying for for ten bucks, which is overpriced as it is? So, yeah. well, one of the longer standing issues we had for a very long time was, well, what's in this package? 
Yeah, no, that was a... Do the Apex suits even have a, a display on what they contain yet? I believe all the bundles and packages now display what's inside of them now. Okay, cool. I believe that was fixed with uh, the last uh, 1.1, actually. Yeah, because that was a big problem for me when I first was looking at the Apexes. Like, I don't know what this thing is fitted with, so I don't know if I want to buy it yet. So that was another thing that held me back from buying them initially. Yeah, the, I, the, the show info button on many things in Dust is woefully inadequate for the info that you desired to be shown. I remember when the Apex suits came out, I had the... Uh... How do you put out a spreadsheet um, with the stuff that was going to be on the uh, on the Apex suits? And every time courtmates would have to would go to buy an Apex suit, they'd have to, hey, babe, what's going to be, what's on this suit? Hey, what's on this suit? We'd spend fucking 20 minutes in a squad while one guy bought a, uh, an Apex suit. It's ridiculous. No, I can totally see that too, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's another problem, and I hope we can uh, address it eventually, um, sooner rather than later. No, I mean, and, and I'm I'm sure at some point that they will. I'm not not concerned that they're not gonna not gonna make a stab at it. Uh, let's see, what else did you guys have on your mind tonight? It's I mean, I'm just throwing it out there because we've hit all the my, all the major topics that I had I had teed up. Um, other than perhaps uh, a little bit more mention of the fact that CCP did everybody a solid by throwing a uh, Omega booster out for the two year quote-unquote, two-year live anniversary of the game. So I thought that was that was good that they at least acknowledged it. I thought that, thought that was pretty handy. Uh, just a note about that one. It has a different name than most of Ego Boosters, so you should probably keep it as a collector's item and then sell it in the future. What's the name? Oh, that's a good call. I don't really remember the name. It's something at the end of it, like a few letters. Gotcha. We'll check out. Thank you. We could talk about the news about the Eve Legion copyright change. Yeah, that's a good one. It's, it's kind of a, a black hole, so we'd, I'd probably save it for last. So if anyone else has anything they want to talk about first, Mad Max, highly recommended. I think it's coming on, on IMAX, isn't it? Did you see it on, on large format or just normal? I can neither confirm nor deny that I've seen it in the U.S. time zone. Gotcha. Gotcha. Danny saw it in IMAX, I believe, right? Uh, he might. He might have. Yeah, it, it's it is pretty good though. It's I do recommend it. Cool. Does it feel like a proper sequel? Oh, it's it is. Uh, it is not a sequel. It um, it's very hard to describe. It's clearly of the the mythos of Mad Max, uh, but it's the the differences. A movie that was made in 19, early 1980s with no budget, basically jumping out of vans and shooting on bridges or sides of the roads in rural Australia versus somebody who's now, after almost 40 years of filmmaking, done pretty good at it and knows how to make a movie and has got a bank to do it with. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll be sure to check that one out this coming weekend, hopefully. I, I, it, in all, all seriousness, no. The uh, it is it is very well done. Like cinematically, it's very well done. The action sequences are, I, I mean, it's it's about as good as I've seen um, in anything up till maybe February of next year when Deadpool comes out. That it'll be probably you know one of the best things going out there until that. Other than Avengers: Age of Ultron. 
How old are you? Not telling. No, it was pretty good. So, uh, let's see. I'm gonna pokey since you brought it up. Regale us of what the brand, what the earth-shaking news is about the Eve Legion brand that we need to be all aware of. Uh, yeah. So, someone noticed. I think the website that found it was the Nosy Gamer. Yeah, Nosy Gamer. And basically, uh, the trademark that CCP held for the name Eve Legion has been abandoned, meaning that they are no longer holding a copyright to that name. So that can mean a number of things. People trademark, will probably copyright's a different thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's correct. Trademark. Um, but yeah. So it's not a confirmation that the game is canceled or is still a thing. It's just saying that they aren't going to be using the name. Uh, my personal opinion is potentially that's probably... it could be like it could be like a domain name renewal where they just didn't do the paperwork. I think dust. I think they've let the dust domain name get canceled once before. Oh, so, so we should buy it and then ransom them for information on Legion by selling the, the name back? No idea. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What was that, Bate? I said that was a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah. So, in my personal opinion, I think that they might want to just kind of divorce themselves of the Legion name. I think it's got way too much negativity attached to it, uh, regardless of the project that it was associated with is continuing on or not. So I think that you know, if this is indeed them getting rid of the name intentionally uh, and not just forgetting to pay the bill, uh, I think it's it's probably a good move on their part. Does anyone have any other comments or thoughts on that? Well, it goes back to the other piece of news that the Nosy Gamer, um, originally why he found out about this Eve Legion thing was um, CCP has gone private. Yeah, they pulled their stocks out of the market. They were always private. They were never not private, and that's a misnomer. They had some bonds um, out that required that they disclose financial information, despite the fact that they're a private company with private investors, and they paid back those bonds, um, which is a significant amount of money. It was, it was several million dollars, and they paid it back, and so they delisted all their financial information. Well, the one thing that what I find interesting about this is... Um... I think it was a week prior to FanFest 2014, a.k.a. the Rouge Wedding, that uh, the first mention of Eve Legion circuit, or no, it was about a week and a half before that Eve Legion surfaced because of uh, trademarking the, uh, the image for it and the name for it. And that popped up. Some, so I don't whoever is out there trolling the interwebs for that kind of shit, they found it and posted it. Um, and that immediately started. I think that was actually, believe it or not, looking back, that might have been one of the contributors to, um, the like the the fairly emotional stab that people took was everybody got their hopes up when they saw Eve Legion that it was going to be, you know, this thing. It was going to be the game that everybody thought that they were they had been going to they had, they were going to receive all along, uh, and it was not quite that when when it was unveiled. But I do remember that was just prior to FanFest. So it, it's interesting that this is, in a weird way, not quite coming full circle, but for it sure feels like at least a little circle of life. Like, I was eating you, and now I'm suddenly the one about, about on the fucking dinner menu. Yeah, I think all of the, the stuff that was going on and the way it was presented and the order in which information came out just... It certainly set the stage for a very emotional uh, outburst from the community, and you know, I, I honestly don't blame them for uh, being as, as upset as they were. It was, 
it was kind of fucked up how they how they experienced all of that. So it's it's unfortunate, and hopefully that CCP actually learned from their mistake, which is always questionable. No, <laughs> I can hope, right? Well, I I think they probably did learn. It just the the issue ultimately is going to be: did they learn? Did the lesson they learn is that going to be something that will contribute to products that we want to play, or will it? Uh, contribute to them going in a in a different way uh, based on whatever the rest of how they view the rest of their business model and the architecture uh, of their products and that's that's not evil that's you know trust me I mean, a lot of people get like I said they get really emotional about these games but that is that's simply people making business decisions and we're really good about throwing rocks at, at CCP and, and anybody that does a podcast about anything CCP related at some point gets gets pretty good with whipping a you know whipping a brick at their face on occasion um some of it's deserved and some of it's not but the one thing i would i I will always tell people is that if you're not literally the person in the room when a decision is being made it is really really hard sometimes to understand the context of the of the decision um you may think you did because you got like really good secondhand information quote unquote but if you've ever played the telephone game, it's always it's always different. So, and, and and at the end of the day, you know CCP when they make decisions to do whatever, either it's the future of Dust or the future of Legion or a trademark or this or or hell, you know, trying to figure out how much to budget for the next quarter. You know, nobody shows up to the office that day that decision is going to be made and and literally have like a little whiteboard of like who can I hose with this decision. Like, how bad can I make this for me personally and my organization? Like, nobody starts off that way. So I, I do have to give them a certain amount of, uh, of slack for that. And and that's okay. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'll throw rocks at them along, along with everybody else. But the reality is you do have to have to have a certain level of practicality and laced over all these things. So is Eve Legion dead? I don't know. It's probably dead as disco as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's a card game. Yeah, it's a trading card game. There you go. First person mastery game. It might very well be. Pen and paper adventure game. Board game. No, no. All the Why above. not both? <laughs> well, if they, can figure out, if they can figure out how to do a TCG with Oculus Rift, I'll buy that. Not literally, but that would that seems like that would fit right now. Well, they're pushing for the, the VR stuff quite a bit. CCP kind of wants to be on the 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 head of that wave, I think, in trying to to lead the market in terms of the new uh, VR stuff coming out. Yeah, I think it would be an interesting interesting take on how they could do things. But I mean, like I said, for all for all we know, it's a it's a mobile game. It's it's going to be on my iPad like next year. I, I I have no idea. For some reason, I feel like Legion or whatever they are going to call it will be the first game to the first shooter to introduce PTSD in people. <laughs> Uh, like depending on who you ask, it probably already has. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, he laughs. And oh, the okay. Jovian pole. Well, yeah. And the blasters <laughs> on dropships. Yeah, the Jovian pole is funny. Yeah, uh, you could probably also pick out the people that you that have suffered from the Agent Orange of it as well. Let's see. All right, guys. I'm. I, I think we have covered quite a bit tonight uh, in a fairly condensed time, time frame, which is not bad. So we're keeping it right about an hour. Is that about right, Zell? Yeah. All right. So we're on the mark tonight. Um, all right. 
let's go ahead and do our shout outs and unless anybody's got any uh, roundup thoughts. I have to say there's been some very interesting things coming out of the PC quorum lately uh, concerning how to uh, redo the PC um, PC mechanics. Like what? Uh, right now there's a case for um, trying to argue um, rebalance the SI district's range, uh, attack ranges and bonuses and how they all relate to each other. Because right now it, it does, um, currently it all favors one type of um, SI. But if we shifted too much, it would favor a larger alliance versus a small alliance. Um, whereas a larger alliance can get the synergy of the three together, and a small alliance will not be able to um, utilize it until they start hitting that critical point. So it's it's a careful balancing act between the three districts, and also a question if we can even change the darn things um, for this go around, anyways. So, it, I mean, can you. That was a fairly technical rundown that you just gave. Do you mind breaking that down for somebody? Let's say we have people that listen that are only aware of PC that it is a game mode that they don't play. How, how would you describe what you just said to them? Okay, on PC, you've got a game board with various map spots. Um, think of it as risk. And every map spot is capable of having one to three types of bases. you got your storage base, you got your attack base, and you got your um, manufacturing base. Well, the way the bonuses are set up right now is that every one of these bases can do each other's job down to a degree. But the storage base is often favored because it can store a larger number of clones. And as long as your map um, zone has clones on it, it cannot be taken over. And the objective of PC is to eliminate all the clo- enemy clones in one zone in order to capture it. Which is what, which has led to the current meta of why everyone wants to use a storage one because a storage one can not only produce clones, send out attacks, but it has the most amount of clones being stationed on it. Okay. The the goal is to try to make all three a little bit more synergistic so that not everyone clomps onto one the current storage type as it is now. But if we do it in that fashion then it only would favor a established uh, group that has a lot of land because they're now able to use all three of them in tandem in order to strengthen each other. They'll use the uh, production one to feed the storage and they'll use the storage to feed the attack type to send out attacks further. And this is an advantage that a um, new group that's uh, that just added their piece onto the board won't have. And so we have to be very considered that maybe that the very first um, map piece that you should bring on would be the production one. Okay. No, that 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 makes a lot more sense now. But it's it's been a it's been a interesting conversation going back and forth between uh, the various um, people in the PC quorum. Uh, Kane's been um, harping for atta- changes in attack ranges and the cost of attack ranges um, from shifting from clone attrition to a point cost. And they're also talking about changes in the conquest points, which is basically your ability points for a corporation um, based on member activity to um, basically be a little bit more fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's actually not a I've heard a couple guys talk about that. But this this is all ongoing conversation. The conversation is very dynamic. The topics change often. The focus of where mining issue might be it shifts from almost day to day. I mean, if people, uh, I mean, if you're interested in the the PC quorum, uh, just uh, hop into the Skype channel for um PC update. Yep. No, I've heard, I am not part of that, but I've heard that it is a uh, uh, a pretty interesting discussion, if nothing else. 
All right, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good rundown, Iron Wolf. We may have to uh, revisit PC with kind of an understanding of where they're at on that here in one of our upcoming shows. Um, so uh, let's that, that you give me a couple things on my little notebook of things that we need to talk about in future shows anyway. So let's go ahead and knock out shoutouts, guys. Uh, let's start at the uh, bottom of the list, uh, and we'll start with Bait. What do you got, brother? Uh, I'd like to shout out to John Fogarty for putting on a wonderful show um, uh, Friday night. Uh, fantastic show. Um, shout out to my corporation, Demonic Cowboys, and uh, yeah. All righty then. Pokey? Uh, just shout out to uh, the Dust community for sticking with the game for so long. Those of you who are still here, you've gone through a lot of stuff, and we're so glad to have you. So here's to a two-year anniversary. Good deal. Zell? Um, I'm going to give my shout out to that whole PowerCore thread in general and everyone participating in it, because it's really cool to see um, a, 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 how quickly a uh, idea has gone from just like a random musing to being like a serious discussion. With CCP. Okay, no, that's that's totally legit, Ironwolf. I like to give a shout out to the community that has been supporting Tier Side since its inception. Uh, we're finally doing it! Yay! Ooh. All right, Catmart. I'd like to give a shout out to my PS3 for still being still being alive and kicking after three years of abuse. That thing is a goddamn trooper running dust all these years. Also, I would like to say fuck you to my PS3 for giving me access to this abusive ship that we lost. <laughs> that That's awesome. Good. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna I'm writing that down. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my shoutouts for the evening. Uh, let's see. I will I will throw a, an interesting one out on you to support your local uh, pet shelter. Anybody that runs a no-kill shelter out there that you get your, your pets and your dogs from, and occasionally cats, and I did that just for you, Cat Mark. Um, I highly recommend that you support those folks and give them a look if you're out, if you're in the uh, market for a, uh, a new pet family pet. Uh, so that was kind of my, my tree hugger moment for the, for the month. Uh, and I'd also like to, let's see, well, should I give a shout out to you? Ah. I am going to give a shout out to Iowa Bait, who has become a significant con- contributor to the uh, Biomass Podcast Empire, uh, podcast slash blogs slash commentary writing things and social media empire. Uh, and Bait has done a great job of stepping in and helping out, uh, getting a lot of content out for folks. Uh, really, really sharp guy, and I do recommend that you read what he writes. So. On that note, folks, we're gonna we're gonna start closing the lights down here on Studio 54, and uh, we're gonna land the plane tonight on the episode known as Episode 54, aka My Ferret Has Been Acting Up, set by Sarizel yes. with witnesses. Uh, and with that, guys, Wait, before we close, oh, go ahead. Can somebody explain why the hell middle of the list Sarizel is his name? Yeah. Yeah. It's real simple because no matter because Zell just however it works out, he has consistently been the first person to do any kind of intro or shout out, and it really annoys him. And it so just once, works out that way. It's not like planned or anything. Once once he let Pokey and okay. I know that that was a scab that we could pick on, we 
pick on it continually. So he's been attempting defense with us by changing his name and moving his himself up or down somewhere in the in the column of, of folks here in Mumble. Uh, we, we did let him know that it was a valiant effort to be middle of the list Soraya, but that would really only work if we had like 10 people in channel at the start of the show. You know, then it, it might go unnoticed. As of now, not so much. He was basically, you know, a Buick trying to hide behind a sapling and it wasn't going to happen. All right. So on that note, guys, good night and good luck. Wow.